your source for all the latest Batman news related to movies, television, merchandise, and video games. Thanks for making the Batman Universe your ultimate source for Batman news. Hello everyone and welcome to the Batman Universe Podcast, episode number 52. I'm your host Dustin and today we have with us... This is Nick. And this is Zach. We are bringing the latest movie, TV, merchandise, video game, and general news, as well as a spotlight character, which by fan request we will be doing Mr. Freeze. And our feature we will be discussing uh, C2E2, which I'll talk more about as we get into the feature later on. What's going down? So let's start off with some news. We have no movie news, and as you can tell from the last podcast, there's not a whole lot of news to begin with for a lot of these different categories, but nonetheless, we're still doing a podcast because there are some bits and pieces here or there, and we definitely don't want to get behind on news. So there is no movie news, but as far as TV news... have anything um, newsworthy, but we can, in fact, talk about two episodes that have aired since the last podcast was recorded. The first one was, in fact, Chill of the Night. Now, the synopsis for this one was, The Spectre and the Phantom Stranger observe Batman as he uncovers the mystery of who killed his parents and travels back in time to team up with his own father. Episode was written by Paul Dini and it featured Zatanna in the beginning of the episode, um, but it also starred an all star cast. Uh, we had Adam West voice Thomas Wayne, we had Julie Newmar voice uh, Martha Wayne, we had Mark Hamill voice Spectre, and Kevin Conroy as Phantom Stranger. Plenty of people. We kind of talked about it a little bit in the last podcast because it actually already aired overseas and Nick was able to see it. But uh, let's talk about it a little bit more since it's out and people have seen it probably by now. Well, as far as overall thoughts, I mean, the teaser was good. Um, Zatanna was normal Zatanna that we've seen in Justice League Unlimited in the past. So that was cool to see Zatanna make an appearance in the Brave and the Bold universe. But I, I have to say that this was probably the darkest episode we've ever seen for Batman Brave and the Bold, which isn't a bad thing. Um, it was bound to happen at some point and, you know, leave it to Paul Dini to do the episode that's more dark and more falls in line with what's what what happened in, you know, animated series. But, I mean, overall, uh, this was a good episode. Uh, Joe Chill... Got what he was, what got what was coming to him. Karma ended up uh, getting rid of Joe Chill instead of Batman. I mean, it was a good episode, and I'd probably put it up there in the top five of Batman: Brave and the Bold episodes. Yeah, it sounds like you uh, enjoyed it like me. I was happy that they did go a bit darker, and just in general, it felt a little bit more like the Batman animated series from the '90s. But it also had its own tone from the Brave and the Bold. And I really enjoyed it, but I'm sure they'll go back to their usual style uh, pretty quickly. 
Yeah, and one thing that we definitely did not, well, I didn't expect to see, but we did see, was uh, the first time we've ever seen Bruce Wayne's face in this series. And it was pretty good. I mean, as much as you can talk about a face of a character who's normally behind a mask, I mean, it was, I think it was better than what we saw in The Batman. Kind of was like a, a different take on what we would have saw in the animated series, I think. Mm, yeah, was Alfred in it as well? Yes. Yeah, was that the first time he's turned up? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, so they just wanted to do a bit more with the character, really, and and look a bit more at Bruce Wayne rather than just Batman, which was all, which is all we've seen so far from this show. You're going so to go and watch it, Zach, or are you just going to avoid it completely? Uh, I'll probably watch it sometime in the next six months. <laughs> <laughs> I really do not keep up with this show. I try to, and then it seems like... And then I watch an episode that disappoints me and then I don't feel like watching it I like corny stuff and sometimes the show is really corny but sometimes I don't it just it annoys me almost but. yeah I, I feel the same way because I watched this episode and then a couple of weeks later I watched the next one that I needed to watch which I think was the Captain Marvel one and uh, I didn't finish watching it so I know how you feel yeah. yeah. And speaking of episodes that disappoint the next episode that aired was called Gorillas in Our Midst and the synopsis for this one was Gorilla Grodd and his super secret ape alliance replace Gotham's entire human population with gorillas. Batman teams up with Detective Chimp, Wanna Beast, and Vixen to thwart the Mad Grodd's plan. Yeah, this I like the appearance of Wanna Beast again. We've seen him before, but I liked his appearance again. We've seen Detective Chimp before. I like the character of Detective Chimp. Vixen, this is the first time we've seen Vixen in the show, but uh, I don't really have anything really great to say. I mean, it was just a typical Batman Brave and the Bold episode. I wouldn't say it was horrible, but uh, you can't really have an episode on the scale of Chill of the Night and then follow it with this. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a good example of exactly what we were talking about a minute ago. But do you think that, I mean, is Chill of the Night the peak this show is going to reach? Is it ever going to get better than that? Was that is that the best it's going to be, do you reckon? Well, I think that's debatable because the thing is, it depends. I mean, if you're looking for something very similar to the animated series, that probably will be the peak. I can't see how they could even make an episode remotely comparable to Chill of the Night in the dark tone that it was without retelling the exact same story. There's only one story that would actually be that dark, and that would be the possibility of Batman killing Joe Chill because he finds out Joe Chill murdered his parents. I don't see how they could do that, you know, tell a darker story than that. But, I mean, if you're not looking for a replica of the animated series, I'm sure that it's entirely possible that they could make a better episode. I mean, we all praised the music meister, and that was the complete opposite of what Chill of the Night was. And a lot of that had to do with we weren't expecting it to be as good as it was. But, I mean, there's been other episodes, too. The Legend of the Batmite episode, that episode was another good one that was completely unexpected. It had a character that we had no intention of being a good character. And it turned out well. And it was a, it was a nod to us fans specifically because it threw in the bit about the conventions and how, you know, this isn't our Batman... And it was a, it was kind of a hit at us, but also at the same time it was a nod to us. And I mean, I I voted that episode to be the best episode of uh, last year, and it didn't disappoint me at all. 
So I'm sure that they'll have other things happen down the line that will be up there as far as uh, good episodes. I just, I wish they would make more of those episodes instead of just throwing one here and then giving us three generic, or not generic, but episodes that, you know, aren't really to par with the rest of them. Yeah, I agree. And to be honest, after, you know, we're coming up to the final part of a second series now, I'm expecting every year to come up with two or three episodes that I enjoy, and that's about it. Yeah. Same here. Greetings, dynamic duo. I'm your biggest fan. All right, so moving into merchandise news, uh, really there was only one thing to go over. On April 12th, uh, we reported on the website that uh, there was a bunch of little bits of news that were tossed around over the weekend including some news by our very own Apple uh, over on the forums. After digging into the remarks made on various sites, uh, it is in fact correct that the number one superhero game of all time will be getting a set of action figures. As described on the Previews website, now if you don't read a lot of comics, you might not know what Previews is, but Previews is a, basically, look at it as it's a catalog of what is to come every month for comics. And it's not just comics, it's also merchandise and comic-related magazines and things like that. As described on the previous website, Toy Fair, which is a magazine we referred to a couple times during merchandise news, will feature the debut of a line of figures based off of Batman Arkham Asylum. The set will be released by DC Direct at an undetermined time. The rumors are that they could be released as early as June. But the, the only problem with that is, and a lot of the rumors... I believe are completely incorrect, is that if Toy Fair is debuting them in June, um, we'll probably actually expect them closer to the end of the year. If they're coming out from DC Direct, DC Direct releases info about new items months before their release instead of the same month. So I can't see them coming out in June and not being solicited as of now, only to come out right away after they're announced. So I think there's some confusion with that, but I think ultimately what's going to happen is in the June issue, they'll be announced. The issue will come out before the solicitations for June, or that, that get released in June, and then we'll probably see them closer to uh, November, December. Do we know what uh, what characters we're going to get? I assume we're getting a Batman and a Joker, and maybe some of the other villains involved? There's There's not really... There hasn't been any official statements about what will be coming out based on the fact that I'm sure DC Direct has some kind of deal with Toy Fair. So that even though Toy Fair, you know, kind of leaked the news themselves about the series by putting it in their solicitation, it's not very likely that uh, we're going to hear anything about which characters they will actually be until after we see them in the magazine. Now... DC Direct is known to do normally sets of four, four figures at a time. So if they do the first line, I can I would expect to see a Batman and Joker, probably Harley Quinn because she had a role throughout the game, and then you're, it'd be up to whoever to pick between Killer Croc, Bane, or Scarecrow. I could see Scarecrow just because with the trailers that have been airing for Batman Arkham Asylum Game of the Year Edition. We've been seeing a lot of Scarecrow, and I think the Scarecrow figure would be a lot more detailed and more collectible if uh, it came out for the game. 
Yeah, I think Bane and Killer Croc would be pretty tough ones to make look really impressive. Because they were very impressive in the game, but they have to be quite big figures depending on the size of these things. So that's all the merchandise news we have. Over in video game news, uh, again, we have nothing except for uh, we do have a release date for Batman Arkham Asylum Game of the Year Edition. Release date will, in fact, be May 10th, 2010, and there will be some scenes within the game that will be in 3D, specifically the Scarecrow scenes, and they will come with 3D glasses. Now, we're talking about the old-style red and blue 3D glasses, not the new 3D everything that everybody's getting so hyped up about. I don't know what you want, but I know I can get it for you. With a minimum of fuss. Money. Jewels. A very big ball of strength. With that being said, that's all the news we have. Now, going into general news, we do want to make a quick mention. We've mentioned this a couple times on previous podcasts, but we want to keep promoting this. We are planning on having a quiz show. And I'm going to let Nick talk more about the details of that. Uh, yeah, guys, so we'd like to do a quiz show on Batman. Everything you could possibly think about the character, you know, film, TV, merchandise, video games, comics, just about everything you think about over the last, uh, or over the character's uh, career. So what we're trying to do is to get at least four of you guys involved, because this can't happen without you, and uh, we'd very much like to do it, and it depends on your interaction. So if you'd like this to happen and if you'd like to compete against some some of our other listeners we need at least four people uh dustin tells me we've got two so far so we only need two more we're halfway there and uh, it'll be really good fun so make sure you do send us an email to podcast at the batmanuniverse.net if you're interested in joining us for that should be good and it's very easy to take part all you need is either skype and a microphone or we can do it over the phone uh whenever is the easiest time for you so if you'd like to get involved with us do please just send us an email yeah and i have to make a mention we've said this before but there will be a prize for the ultimate bad fan and I will just say, uh, over the past few days, there has been some significant items added to the prize pot, including a collector's edition of Batman Arkham Asylum. So if you weren't able to pick that up or you still don't have the game, you can uh, you can get a copy of that if you uh, end up winning the quiz show. Holy hole in the donut! Alright, so with that, we're going to go into our spotlight character. And our spotlight character, as I said earlier, is a fan request, which is for Mr. Freeze. Now, Mr. Freeze has been a character that's obviously been around for a long time. Part of the reason we haven't covered him in the past is just because is a character that we do have to spend a little bit more time on, but with the shorter podcasts, it gives us the opportunity to do some of the more well-known characters that could take up a little bit more time. So, that being said, let's get into Mr. Freeze. All right, everyone. Chill. An Earth one, a scientist known as Dr. Shamal, was exposed to a chemical accident during his cryogenic research, forcing him to remain in a cool suit from head to toe. He chose to use his knowledge to fashion a freeze gun and began to commit crimes under the name Mr. Zero, only to be apprehended by Batman and Robin. And this was in Batman number 121 from February 1959. Years later, Mr. Zero returned from prison in an upgraded suit and borrowed the name of a black hawk foe becoming the new mr freeze in detective comics 373 in 1968 
His cryogenic freeze gun was once needed by Batman to help save Harriet Cooper, Dick Grayson's aunt, from a debilitating disease. In the reality after the crisis on Infinite Earths, he was named Victor Fries and grew up fascinated with freezing animals and studying what became of them. This hobby horrified his parents who had him packed off to a boarding school. There he was a lonely soul. One of the students, Nora, fell in love with the gentle scientist, marrying him soon after her graduation. Their storybook marriage was short-lived. Nora Fries fell terminally ill, and despite medical science's best efforts, there was no cure. To find a way to save her, Fries began to work for a company operated by Ferris Boyle, using his cryogenics knowledge to help the company and his ill wife. Over time, he used company equipment to place Nora into a form of suspended animation until Boyle found out how much energy and money it was costing his firm. He brought Nora out of stasis, sending Fries into rage. Boyle knocked Fries backward, crashing into a rack of chemicals. He was thought dead. Instead, the chemicals interacted with his metabolism, lowering his body temperature. He was forced to construct a refrigerated outfit as a mobile environment in order to live. From there, he constructed the Freeze Gun that became his signature, and Mr. Freeze was born. This was in Batman Mr. Freeze 1997. Fry's first order of business was killing Boyle for endangering Nora. The two men confronted each other, and Batman arrived to protect Boyle. During his struggle with Mr. Freeze, Batman avoided a blast from the gun, but the cold beam hit Nora's storage tank, destroying it. Nora's body shattered into crystalline shards, and Fries thought his wife was dead. The act sent him into a fury, hating not only Batman, but all of Gotham City. He preserved the shards and escaped, hoping for a miracle. Mr. Freeze tended to work alone, usually committing crimes to acquire means to maintain the cryosuit that kept him alive. The suit's exoskeleton provided him with a degree of mobility, but also above average strength and protection for most harm. At one point, he offered the demon Neuron his soul in exchange for enhanced powers, something the demon granted, but the deal, for unexplained reasons, proved temporary. And this was an Underworld Unleashed number 1 from 1995. Batman apprehended Mr. Freeze numerous times, and the courts chose to remand him to Arkham Asylum, which designed a special cell to allow him to live in outside his suit. So in Batman Shadow of the Bat number 75, June 1998. He later escaped, and during the period known as No Man's Land, Freeze took possession of a portion of Gotham that included the city's main power-generating station. Batman arrived to put an end to his stranglehold on the city's electricity, but it fell to Robin to actually apprehend him. This was in Robin, number 69 and 70, October, November, 1999. Mr. Freeze eventually escaped custody and hired out to other Gotham criminals such as Black Mask. He also signed up with the Secret Society of Supervillains in hopes that someone could help him restore his wife. Nysa Ritako, temporary leader of the League of Assassins, offered him restorative powers of a Lazarus pit. She also offered to place Nora's frozen form into the pit in exchange for his creating a weapon for use by the society. Nora was placed into the the all-chemical substance and given her altered condition was brought back to life, but not as the loving Nora. She emerged as a living humanoid molten form that could emit flames. She also seemed to absorb the very essence of the pit and was apparently able to resurrect the dead. She took the name Lazra, and her mental outlook was diametrically opposed to that of Nora Fries, claiming she hated her husband for what he had become of her. She tried to kill him. After failing, she fled before he could use his freeze gun to entrap her. 
This was in Batgirl number 70, January of 2006. Mr. Freeze remained a tortured soul, lashing out against Gotham and its protector. Mr. Freeze was a member of the most recent incarnation of the Injustice League, Justice League America Wedding Special 2007, Justice League America the Second Series, number 13 and 14 in 2007. And then, as we know, Mr. Freeze has had various different media appearances. He has obviously appeared in the live-action Batman TV series in the 60s. Uh, He was played by three different actors, George Sanders, Otto Permeringa, and Eli Wallach. He was originally called Mr. Zero before Mr. Freeze, before he was being called Mr. Freeze on the show. So a lot of people give the show credit for actually coming up with the name... Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze appeared in the Batman Superman Hour, voiced by Ted Knight. He also appeared in the New Adventures of Batman in uh, 1977, voiced by Lenny Winrib. Then, as time progressed, Mr. Freeze kind of dropped off the face of the earth. And during Batman the Animated Series, Bruce Timm requested that uh, Mr. Freeze be kind of reinvented and Mike McNola, who is the creator of Hellboy, redesigned Mr. Freeze for the animated series. And he ended up having his own movie as well, based off of what the events that have happened in Batman the animated series. He had a movie called Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero. Um, he later appeared in the new Batman adventures, and later he also appeared in Batman Beyond. He also obviously appeared in The Batman, and he was voiced by Clancy Brown, which some people may know voiced Lex Luthor. And he has appeared in Batman the Brave and the Bold under his original name, Mr. Zero. As far as in films, he has appeared in, like I said, Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero, and he's also appeared in Batman Robin. More recently, he's actually also appeared in Superman Batman Public Enemies. He's been in a number of video games. I'm just going to run through the names of them. He's been in Batman the Animated Series, The Adventures of Batman Robin for the Sega Genesis. Um, he has appeared in the video game that was based off the movie Batman Robin. He was in Batman Chaos and Gotham, Batman Vengeance, Batman Dark Tomorrow. He appeared in Lego Batman the Video Game. He also had kind of a cameo in Batman Arkham Asylum where his cell was seen in the penitentiary area. And he's also said to appear in the DC Universe Online video game. So Mr. Freeze is definitely a character that's been around the block. Mr. Freeze has always been an interesting character. Sometimes he comes across as a bit one-dimensional and it's all concerning his wife, but clever writers usually manage to do something a bit more interesting with him. Uh, Joel Schumacher wouldn't be one of those people. Arnold was the best, Mr. Freeze. <laughs> he always <laughs> He should have been more careful. Now he's paid the price for his incompetence. All right, so that's going to take us into our feature. Now... Like I said earlier, we're going to talk about C2E2. I was the only one from the site that was able to go to C2E2. Um, C2E2 stands for Comic-Con and Entertainment Expo, and it was in Chicago, held at the McCormick Place. This isn't going to be a huge feature, mostly because the thing is that a lot of the stuff that uh, came out of C2E2 as far as Batman stuff is really more geared towards the comics, and we'll save that for the comic cast. But overall, I have to say that the convention itself... I would put it right up there with San Diego Comic-Con. It was the very first one, so there wasn't a huge turnout from uh, exhibitors, I should say. Um, like, Warner Brothers didn't have a booth, and 
there wasn't any panels for anything Warner Brothers related as far as uh, the upcoming movies or Batman Brave and Bold or cartoons or anything like that. Now, DC was there in full force. They had a giant booth, and they were talking about everything related to comics. There was three panels total that really applied to the things that we would have anything to do with the Batman universe. There was a DC Nation panel on Friday, the DC Universe panel on Saturday, and then there was also a Return of Batman panel on Saturday as well. On top of that, there was also a Kevin Conroy panel on Saturday where Kevin Conroy talked and answered questions for fans. And there was a panel on Sunday for a new book talking about, it's kind of a research type book uh, talking about the 60s TV show, which hopefully in the near future will be bringing you some more information about that. How was the Kevin Conroy panel? Did you get to talk to him at all? And uh, what sort of questions did he get asked? I did get a chance to talk to him, but I didn't make a, a good, I didn't have a, a whole lot of time that I talked to him because we did talk to him at San Diego, so there wasn't a whole lot of reason to talk to him for a long period of time. Um, he did remember myself and Apple from San Diego, mostly because of Apple's name. Everybody always remembers that name because it's such an odd name. A lot of questions that were asked were a lot of the same questions that you normally hear. Why did you be, why, you know, what what... What gave you the inspiration to do the voice that you're doing? Are you going to be coming back and doing any projects in the future? So, I mean, it was a lot of the same questions that you would normally hear. It was just, he was there, which was cool. And on top of that, it's good to see him making the rounds with the comic conventions because San Diego last year was the first time he was at a convention for, I think, like four or five years or something like that. Did DC talk at all about the uh, Batman under the hood? Well, oh, there was some questions that were asked of DC to talk about different, uh, the animated movies and the animated TV shows and whether or not they have any kind of pull of what gets made and what doesn't get made. And basically what they said was, um, since the formation of DC Entertainment, there's a little bit more of a, I guess the best way to put it is togetherness between the two companies. Warner Brothers would like to have DC's input on certain things as far as what stories get made into the animated movies and stuff like that. Specifically about Batman and Batman Under the Red Hood, there really wasn't anything specific um, other than I remember somebody saying Batman Under the Red Hood and Ian Sattler, who's the senior story editor for DC, having no idea that there was a movie being made. Which surprises me because in the last comic episode, we were talking about how there's a comic miniseries coming out called under the Red Hood, The Lost Years, and we assumed it was for nothing but a prequel to the movie. It turns out that uh, if the senior story editor has no idea there's even a movie coming out, um, that's probably not the case. Overall, the, uh, the convention was at a very, very nice place. As this convention, as the years pass and the convention continues, which we know for a fact it will continue because they have the dates for next year, which is April 8th through the 10th. They have, it has plenty of possibilities to grow. The panel rooms were huge. Um, DC actually made a comment about how their DC panels, it was probably the largest room they ever, they've ever actually had a DC panel in because they were so large and they could accommodate so many people. And that's, you know, you got to think about it in the, in the frame of, you know, San Diego 
is big and everything, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's meant for as many people as actually show up to San Diego. Uh, a lot of people who've gone to San Diego know full well that just because you stand in line for a panel doesn't mean you necessarily get in. With these panels, there was probably twice as much room for people so you could have a better chance of getting in. The, the location of where the convention was held was a very nice place. The only downfall was the $19 parking fee, which kind of sucked. But uh, the exhibition hall where all of the vendors and all of the exhibitors were, and Artist Alley, was uh, presented very nice. There was carpet on the floors, so you're not walking around on concrete and your feet don't get sore after you walk around for hours. So that's kind of a cool thing. Artist Alley was probably just as big as San Diego, which I found pretty cool. And we'll have some interviews that we've set up with some various comic creators um, in future specials. I mean, overall, I, I actually enjoyed this one, I think, probably a little bit more than San Diego because it wasn't as crowded. And that's not to say that there wasn't a lot of people there. It was just a lot of it was just a lot more spread out. There wasn't you weren't walking, you know, wall to wall people, and there was more space to get around, uh, which was a lot better. Um, one thing that I got a kind of uh, knock is that Mattel did not show up. Instead, they sent somebody to set up some display cases and put some figures in it, and there was nobody there to actually maintain those cases. So after day one, there was a couple figures that fell over, and the end of day two, they were still on their side, which means nobody fixed them, which I kind of don't really think that was the best idea. My hope for the future for this po this, uh, this comic convention is that it can become larger. The executives at these different studios and stuff see how big uh, this convention has the capability of becoming and can and, and not to mention has the the ability to have a lot of people come to it this was the first year i mean it wasn't very publicized i did hear you know radio dj while i was driving home one night say something about it but it wasn't like san diego where you get off the airplane and there's banners hooked to the flagpole saying you know the convention's happening so i mean as time goes on this convention i can see getting a lot bigger and it'd be a perfect stepping stone for all the summer movies that are coming out because it's the last convention before the summer movie season really starts. And with a lot of movies coming out in May, it's a perfect place for a lot of these movies to really build up some hype. So I think next year it'll be bigger. There'll be more exhibitors. And I, I only hope that, uh, you know, Mattel and Warner Brothers make their way out and actually have panels and stuff like that because... Mattel had a panel at their Toy Fair. They, they went to Toy Fair International back in March and revealed a bunch of items. But then the next time they do anything is in San Diego. And they've already stated they're not going to New York because it contradicts with uh, some of their other plans for that time frame. So I would hope that Mattel could show up to this convention as well as go to Toy Fair like they used to do with New York Comic Con. So that's pretty much everything for this episode. It's another short episode, but we've got, uh, hopefully you got something out of the spotlight character and you got to hear a little bit about C2E2. As a reminder, send in your entries for the quiz show, as Nick was talking about earlier. We hope to get that underway very soon. 
but we do need to get a certain amount of people in, in it. So send in your entries and let us know that you want to be involved in that. You can email us at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. You can head over to the website for daily news. You can join the forums to chat with other bad fans. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and you can also check out our latest videos on YouTube. And you can leave us a review on iTunes. That's always greatly appreciated. So that's everything for this episode. This is Dustin. This is Nick. And this is Zach. You've been listening to the Valley Universe podcast, episode 52. We'll see you guys next time. Sayonara. Take care. Yeah. Yeah, I sent oh, right. it over to Josh and Nick last week when we. Really, Josh, Josh and, and Nick. Zach, when I. Uh, Do you guys want to go first since I've I'm done my bit? I haven't watched it, so. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, there's been other episodes too. The Last Bat on Earth. Uh, not Last Bat. That's a horrible episode. <laughs> yeah. That out. Um, it's the Commandy one, right? The- <laughs> yeah, the Commandy one. That was horrible. What was the what was the one called where Batmite was in it? Uh, Legend of the Dark Might or something. Yeah, like that. Bat. Yeah, mate. Hold on. Did I get dropped or did your mic? My mic cut out, so I just said oh. screw it and I hung up to recall because it automatically said the no mic detected and I couldn't hear anything, so. I guess gotta say I'm just now looking at these uh this Mad Hatter. This is uh one creepy looking guy. Yeah. <laughs>